0: This is April Federico with brownies for breakfast. If you are listening to this on Spotify, this is start your week with a treat. If you're watching this on YouTube, this is end your week with a treat. So I'm here with Susie Wood and she is a integrative nutrition health coach and owner of true wellness within. So welcome Susie. Thank you so much. Yeah, so um, tell me a little bit about what you do as an integrative nutrition health coach. Yeah, so um, integrative
1: nutrition is all about looking at lifestyle factors as well as food factors, um, your food choices to live a healthy life. Um, because we can't just look at food alone, right? We could eat all the kale salad and chia seeds in the world. That does not mean that we're going to be healthy. So as an integrative nutrition health coach, I work with my clients to look at their lifestyle factors to see what's out of balance and work on that because those out of balance factors end up leading to stress and that stress can lead to a whole host of health problems. So we address it from a nutritional point of view as well as um, lifestyle factors.
0: Sure. Can you talk Mm a little bit about the lifestyle factors that um, contribute to living a healthy lifestyle?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, there's basically 12 areas in our lives that we look to make sure they're in balance. Um, And they are things like um, your physical activity, your career and finances, um, level of home cooking, um, uh, What else is there? Um, Your spirituality, your relationships, those are key. Your level of education, social life, your overall joy, so all of these areas sort of fit together like a puzzle. So you can imagine if something's out of balance, like let's say you're not very happy in your job. Mm-hmm. So come, you know, Sunday night, you might be sitting there eight o'clock at night, you know, thinking, okay, I'm, I'm really not happy about the work week that's coming up ahead. You know, you just might not really even be conscious, right? Maybe you just kind of walk yeah. over to the freezer, grab that Ben and Jerry's pint of ice cream because, right. you know, you're just sort of trying to, trying to get, you know, make yourself feel a little bit better because you're nervous about the week ahead. And before you know it, you know, you've just downed, you know, five hundred calories of ice mm-hmm. cream, right? Or potato chips or whatever your go-to thing is. So, you know, when we're when we're stressed and worried about certain areas in our lives, we end up making poor food choices. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you would go out and, and quit your job, but maybe there are things that you can do speaking to your boss about working on different projects. Maybe there's a team member that you're not working well with that you need to, you know, work on something. So it's a lot of it is building up the confidence and courage to figure out what's not working and what can be tweaked so that you can make it a better situation. So a similar thing could happen with finances or with relationships. Um, Many of my clients, I have another specialty where I work with divorced women and working on trying to help them get their lives back in control. Um, after they've been through a very stressful event, like divorce or separation. And so the same thing when relationships aren't going well, you're, either, you're in a toxic relationship or a hurtful relationship um, that can lead to a whole host of stressors in our lives. And I'm personally, I am divorced. And when I was going through my divorce, I ended up getting horrible back pain, really, really debilitating back pain. It's just that's where all the stress went for me. And to the point where I was not able to sleep at night, I could barely even take a deep breath in without this like pain wrapping around my whole side. Right. And it was just so awful. So of course, I, you know, had the back pain, which was really uncomfortable, I was not sleeping um i'd wake up you know if i did manage to get an hour or two of sleep i was completely groggy i was in an awful mood <laughs> i wasn't a very good parent at the time super stressed out and i mean and then i ended up going to the doctor because i was like i can't live like this like i you know what can i do so she gave me a muscle relaxer and i took it i've never taken anything like that before mm-hmm. and the next day i ended up getting into a car accident it oh, was just way too strong. i mean like like just the stress of going through the divorce literally led me to having a car accident. And I mean, everybody ended up being fine, but it was a horrific experience to go through. My insurance went up, you know what I mean
0: <laughs> right. Of so it's
1: just so stresses in our lives can lead to really significant problems. Um and, you know, can even lead to, you know, anxiety, depression, um, overeating, undereating, a whole host of chronic illnesses, um hormone imbalances. So, you know, it's really important to identify what's, what's stressing us and what we can do, um, to fix those. So that's why I work with my clients to figure out what their stressors are, because again, it's not just food that makes you healthy. We have to look at what's going on in, um, in your life that might be causing
0: these stresses. Wow. That's amazing insight. And, um, Mm -hmm. I've been learning a lot about stress recently and, um, because, Mm -hmm. um, for those of you listening or watching, I, freelance copyright on the side of my business. So, um, yeah, one of the clients who I'm working with right now is a doctor. So she actually, um, teaches her clients a lot about, um, well, she really gets into the roots of what's causing her client stress, Patients, uh-huh. I should say. And, um, and she just did a whole podcast episode about cortisol, melatonin, mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff that occurs exactly. in the body, all those hormones. So um, yes. yeah. so, um, how do you think, um, since my area of expertise is diabetes, um, mm-hmm. how do you think, um, cortisol relates to diabetes? And that's yeah, well, Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all hormone. This is what I was
1: just mentioned. And what um, the doctor that you're working with mentioned, Um, these are hormone imbalances, you know, we think hormones, and we just think, you know, estrogen, and, and, you know, progesterone, testosterone, you know, things like that, the sex hormones, but there are so many more. Um, And cortisol is the stress hormone. So when your body is under stress, like when your insulin levels are out of whack, Yeah. Then that can change and your your mel how your body reacts to melatonin and the production that it makes. It can also change there's other hormones called leptin and ghrelin. And leptin is that signals your body, your brain, that you're full. And if that's out of whack, well, then your body's like, oh no, I'm I'm still hungry. I'm gonna keep eating, you know, and then you end up overeating, right? And then ghrelin um, is the, is like the hunger hormone, you know, like your body says you're hungry. So you start eating. And if those are misaligned and out of balance because of cortisol levels being, you know, out of whack, you know, it's just snowballs, right? So cortisol gets out of whack, melatonin gets out of whack, your hunger hormones and your satiety hormones Mm -hmm. are all affected. Um, so it's, it's all connected and, you know, a diagnosis like diabetes, obviously, it's stressful, just, you know, understanding the diagnosis, dealing with the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, it's, it's a lifetime commitment to maintaining those insulin levels. So, um, and it's stressful. And it's something that, you know, you have to think about all the time, you can't, you can't just be like, No, today, I'm not going to think about my diabetes, you know, it just doesn't work that way. Right? I know from family members who have diabetes, um, you know, it, it's, it's just, you're always thinking about it.
0: Right. And um yeah. you mentioned to me personally that your father has um type two diabetes. So um I'm curious to how he manages it.
1: Yeah, I mean he's now um 81. Um he just had a birthday. Um oh, happy so birthday. He, yeah, thank you. Um I mean he's been doing really well. He's um very diligent about what he eats. Um and he is very on top of his taking his insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where his levels, his A1C levels, it's really almost like he doesn't have diabetes. He's able to manage it that well. He actually measures out all of the medications himself. He doesn't do the pre-filled syringes because he wants to have like a very specific, um, you know, uh, medication that, that is, is working for what he's eating at that particular time. So he doesn't like to work in sort of averages, um but it's he he says that it's it's really challenging like when he goes out to eat because you know you order your food you have to take your insulin um you know within a certain amount of time and mm-hmm. you don't know if the food is going to be on time or not you don't know right. what the wait staff or the kitchen staff is like and there have been some inc- incidents where you know we, we he assumed the food was going to be out in 20 minutes it wasn't it took an hour and then you know he's now in this like you know, state of having, you know, too much insulin because he misdosed, and, and it's quite scary. You know, he, he can't drive at that point. Um, you know, I've had to drive him home sometimes. Um, but those are, those are the outlying, you know, situations. Most of the time it is under control, but again, um, you know, it's something he has to think about all the time and, and he, he knows I'm working, you know, in the nutrition field and, um, I've invited my parents over for dinner and I remember serving them um, some crab cakes that had, they had absolutely no gluten in them at all. Like yeah. it wasn't, you know, cause the starchy foods are, you know, just turned to sugar so that that can right. throw things off. So mm-hmm. I, I, very, I thought out the meal very carefully. I made um, homemade crab cakes, um, a side salad, homemade dressing, Um, I even made a dessert with like oats and very dark chocolate and a little bit of peanut butter. It was all delicious. We were all really full, really satisfied. And he went home and he said, you know, after that meal, I didn't need to take insulin. Amazing. Yes. Yes. He was like, there were no spikes at all. Cause it was, there was literally no sugar. I mean, the dark chocolate doesn't have a lot of sugar. You know, I use complex carbohydrates, yeah. With the oats and the in the in the dessert, he just had one. It was like a little no bake cookie, um, and the sa- you know having lots of vegetables. Um, again, no starches. You know, a nice lean protein with the crab um, and vegetable side dishes, and it was a very clean meal for him. And he was just he's like, if I eat like this all the time, I don't need to have to. I don't need to take my insulin. <laughs> so I mean, it made me feel really good, and it just goes to show you how powerful diet can be. Yeah. Right? When you have a condition like diabetes, it doesn't just because you're taking insulin doesn't mean you can eat, you know, pizza and lasagna and pasta and, you know, sugar cookies and all of this stuff. And then, oh, it's okay because I'm taking my insulin. It doesn't really work that way. It, you have to modify the foods that you eat and it doesn't mean you have to eat cardboard. You know, you can have wonderful, beautiful meals, eat a rainbow of, of vegetables and fruits and and you know, beans, like all sorts of things. You can incorporate all of these wonderful foods. Um, you don't have to restrict yourself. You just really need to think about, obviously, the sugar levels and the starchy foods. Um, but that just that made me that comment made me feel so happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I just got like a new breakfast idea out of you. And um... Oh, OK. What, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, um... yeah. Oh, I love oats overnight and, oats. Yeah, yeah the oats and um the dark chocolate especially. Dark chocolate. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean you could you could just you know just to have the flavor of it because a lot of times we sit down we want to have something sweet, and you know you don't have to have an entire candy bar, right? You can right. have something like oats or you know one of my, my favorite things. I take fro I take bananas. I peel them. I freeze them like ones that are kind of like you know you're about to make banana bread. And you don't really you know like they're kind of getting right. on <laughs> and whatever. Right, I freeze the banana, and then um, I throw it in the blender with a few dark chocolate chips. I whip it all up, and it's literally it's like banana ice cream. Um, you have that flavor of the chocolate. You have just you know a handful of them in there. Maybe it's a tablespoon of chocolate. Um, you have to be okay with bananas, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but you know what? A great alternative to having you know a three hundred and fifty calorie cup of ice cream, right? Ah. Right. And you could do the same with like overnight oats or even, you know, regular hot oats in the morning. You could shave a little bit of chocolate in there or put a little like PB2 powder. Um, there's really no sugar in there, but you get that peanutty taste if that's what you like. There's, there's so many creative things that people can do with their cooking that I think they just don't realize. And, um, you know, what I work with my clients on um, foremost, no matter what they come to me for, is really deep processing their diet. Mm -hmm. because there's so many, all these processed foods that we've been eating that, you know, they they look like food, they're sold like food, they're marketed to us as if they're food, but they're really not foods. They're all these chemical ingredients. And again, back to the hormone thing, um, you know, something as as simple (laughs) or innocent, which in quotes, um, like glucose, uh, you know, or dextrose, it's not as innocent as we think. And they actually play on... um, our, our, our leptin levels. And Mm -hmm. so something like fructose, right? It's not really a simple sugar, right? You every sugar molecules are made of fructose and glucose, but when you go into a chemical lab and you separate them out and you just have glucose, it's much more powerful than just a regular sugar molecule. And that glucose will actually interfere with your leptin resistance. And so that's that hormone that says, no, you're not full, you know, and it, it, well, it tells you that leptin says, to your brain that you are full but if you're eating something that inhibits that hormone and your Mm -hmm. brain says no you're not full you keep eating right and so it's not necessarily those foods that make us fat it's that we overeat because they mess up with our hormones
0: yeah yeah definitely and um yeah you mentioned um let's see um I forget what you mentioned actually um <laughs> um but um you mentioned to me personally that you've worked with um oh, oh. Um, i'm sorry they just cut out i just came
1: back in again sorry um, about that's that
0: okay um yeah we All can right. hear you just fine so um so i'm not
1: sure where you where we had where you left off um but i was talking yeah. about glucose
0: mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah you were talking about glucose and um and, um, you've worked with clients on reducing food cravings and addic- an addiction to sugar, losing weight, uncovering the secrets of the food industry that make us overeat. Um, could you, um, elaborate on the last part a little bit about, um, the secrets of the food industry? Yeah. So, um, I, I missed a little bit of
1: what you said, the, the connection we had was bad. So can you just repeat, the, um,
0: the beginning part of that? Oh yeah, sure. So, um, Um, so you worked with clients on reducing food cravings and addiction to sugar and losing weight and uncovering the secrets in the food industry that make us overeat. And, um, I was wondering if you could elaborate on the secrets of the food industry. Oh, you just froze. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. So there are a lot of ingredients, chemical ingredients that are in processed foods that interfere with our leptin resistance. And so Mm -hmm. again, that's the hormone that tells your brain that you're full. And so if there is some interference there and your brain isn't getting that signal that you're full, then you're going to keep eating. Right. And so, you know, you eat more. So maybe you have 25 percent more, 50 percent more of whatever food. And those ingredients are in the processed foods. So, what I work with my clients on is really deprocessing their diet. If it's got a barcode on it, you probably shouldn't be eating it or you want to think twice about it. Of course, now apples have barcodes, but that's not really what I'm meaning. I mean, yeah. that stuff that's in the center of those uh, supermarket aisles, you know, the bright color packaging, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so, I always suggest to my clients shop the perimeter shop the perimeter of the supermarket because that's where all the fresh fruits and vegetables are. That's where the raw meats are. Um, you know, the eggs, the dairy, you know, it's all around the edge of the supermarket because it takes a long time to walk there. So you got to walk through the pretzels and the peanuts and the, you know, taco shells and, you know, whatever. And so other than like maybe the bean aisle, like that's a pretty good aisle and the spice aisle that's usually in the middle as well. But, you know, generally speaking, shop the perimeter because a lot of these ingredients, um, the chemical ingredients that are in foods are really not doing us any service. They're, they're there to prolong the life, the shelf life of the foods that the manufacturers are selling us. So if something can sit on a shelf for four months instead of two weeks, they're going to be making a lot of money out of that, right? Yeah. So they pump in all these chemicals so that they can make more money, right? They're just, There's only so long an apple is going to last on the shelf, right? But an apple Danish in a plastic wrap is going to last a very long time. I mean, it could be like a year or two, right? Exactly. Yeah. And what's keeping it alive in that plastic for a year? You know, there's a lot of preservatives, um, a lot of chemical ingredients. And there's also a little dirty secret in the food industry with artificial and natural flavors. You Mm -hmm. see that almost everywhere now artificial flavors people can understand what that means there's obviously something fake about it but natural flavors are really almost no different they did derive from an actual natural thing so yes there was an orange at some point when it has orange flavoring but the food industry um, companies are allowed to add up to 100 chemicals and still allowed to be called natural flavors Yeah. And so those, again, those chemical ingredients, they make that orange flavor, something that isn't what you would actually find in an orange. It's so delicious. It's Mm. so flavorful. It's like, wow, you know, you've just hit been, your mouth has just been exploding with this unbelievable orange flavor. So it makes you want more of it. Yet again, here we are overeating because it tastes so delectable. So these chemical ingredients alter the the flavors of the food. That's what the natural flavors are there for. I mean, it's literally in everything, tea, in every kind of cookie, candy, salad dressing, sauces, pasta sauces. Take a look at the ingredients of what you're eating and you'll see natural and artificial, more natural flavors, you know, almost everywhere, so it's really important to read those labels because, you know, as somebody with diabetes, you know, this, like you have to be really careful with what you eat and keeping your weight, you know, under control, right? That's one aspect, right? There's okay. obviously lifestyle factors as well that we mentioned at the beginning, um, you know, keeping your stress levels low, being physically active, um, you know, and keeping all the other things in balance as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so um, you provided really great insight, and I'm just curious because I recently yeah. just um switched over to tea instead of coffee. So, mm-hmm. um, do you think I made the right choice? I know it's boring. well, it's a personal. It's totally a personal. You know, I don't know what, Why did you switch
1: over from from coffee to tea?
0: Well, I switched over because I didn't like the way that coffee was making me feel, and I didn't like the huge addiction that Mm. coffee gave me um, as a result. Like, I'd be up at, say, um, like, 4 a.m. making coffee, and then I'd still be drinking it at, like, 7 p.m., which is not good for you at all. So mm. um that goes to show that us coaches are not perfect. We have our <laughs> <laughs> right. Nobody said uh, to be
1: a coach you have to be perfect. Like that's not in the job description, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: And um right. yeah. So I switched over to tea and mm-hmm. I recently, um, and you probably have seen me drinking um this Tazo tea. Um Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um I usually add it with a little almond milk and just like one packet of Splenda because mm-hmm. like you don't want to have too much sucrose, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I actually gave up caffeine about two years ago, and it oh. was the second time I did it about ten years ago, and then somehow crept back in again. Um, but I, I was having trouble sleeping, and so wow. like you, I was like, "This is a problem." You know, not everybody is affected by caffeine in the same way, so it's completely an individual choice. I wouldn't say like, everybody should give up caffeine, but if it's causing a problem, then it's something to look at. So for me, it was really affecting my sleep. And um, this was all along the time, you know, probably around the same time of the divorce. Um, And I was like, well, I want to improve my sleep. Let me just try. And for about 10 days, I had really bad headaches. And that was the caffeine withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you're, you know, if you're now, Well, Tazo, I think is uh, mostly um, decaffeinated, but you know, it's, it, it, did you give up coffee or did you give up caffeine? You know, because you could obviously still have caffeine and tea. Um, even green tea has a little bit of caffeine. Um, but uh, yeah, so I gave up caffeine. My sleep definitely improved. And now oh. I have, um, I have herbal teas all the time. I'm actually drinking one right now as well. <laughs> um, and it's, and it's great. Again, though, I do find that a lot of the teas do have natural flavors. So that's yeah. something I would just remind you to look at. Um, and I also got used to, um, I switched to, to honey. I mean, for me, you know, I I don't, I'm not diabetic, so I don't have to, you know, be so, so careful with, um, with the sugar. Although I do have a very low sugar diet naturally anyway. Um, but I, I found that I would put in like a, a little spoon of just sort of dip the spoon in the honey, let it drip off. And then that would be the honey that I would use in the tea, um, just a little bit. And then I just got used to not having it. I slowly reduced it. And because again, do I really need that sweetness and all that sugar? You know, ask yourself, do you really need the, the Splenda in there? You know, maybe if you wanted to just try reducing it down, use three quarters of a packet for, for a week, then use half a packet for a week and see what you can get down. Because some of these flavors of teas, they're so, um, you know, f- full of flavor and, and, you know, they're really lovely tasting, even sometimes hot water with like a squeeze of lemon. Is really nice too. So back, you know, getting back to sort of more natural eating, um, you know, just enjoying the actual taste of lemon or, in, you know, whatever, the, whatever it is, lime, or if you're drinking water, um, you know, a lot of people don't like drinking just plain water, you know, throw some watermelon slices in there or cucumber or an orange peel or in the summer, I love to, uh, I grow mint outside and I just, I cut off a sprig or two of mint. I put it in a glass bottle, keep it in my fridge. And then I have minty water like, you know, all day. And it's, it's great. That's um, awesome.
0: You know, yeah. Oh,
1: it's delicious. Yeah. You sort of wiggle the the stem a little bit. So it kind of releases the mint oil and, uh, and then put it in the water, fill it up and put it stored in a glass jar
0: and, uh, yeah, it's delicious. It's yeah, great. That's Awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Um,
0: so I just want to thank you so much and honor your time for being here. And, um, yeah. So where can p- my followers, um, and people watching on YouTube find you? Yeah, I, well, on, um, I have a website called true
1: wellness com, And I have a lot of information there. Um, if they want to send me an email, I'm Susie S U Z Y at true wellnesswithin.com. And um, we talked a tiny bit about like divorced um, people, if they do have particular needs. Um, I actually have a quiz on my website that um, is called Have You Healed from the Stress of Your Divorce. And they can go to my website, again, true wellness slash divorced, and they can take the quiz and see how they score. And if they still want to work on some um, stress reduction um, and nutrition, ideas, I would be more than happy to, um, to talk with them. I offer free consultation. And um, yeah, so I would love to hear from your listeners. And it's been wonderful chatting with you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much.